what's up, folks? What's going on? Y'all already know in the Hago, my creatives. It's another edition of Cuts Podcast. You know what the Cuts stand for? Culture, urban, technology, and sports. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, my creatives. I am bringing to you a very, 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 when I mean very, <laughs> potent, intuitive. <laughs> I don't know what other words I'm going to use, but this woman is phenomenal she is an important figure in this entertainment industry nonetheless i am bringing to you director executive producer casting director i i don't know what other titles to put on her but nonetheless <laughs> we have tracy moore in the building tracy moore what is good what's going on how you, how <laughs> hey you how you doing I, I am i am well i am well i'm not gonna lie i am honored and blessed that you are on this on this uh podcast episode uh, first and foremost, um, I got to give a big shout out to Amelia Moore. Amelia, yes. Amelia is the reason this connection happened. And yep. for my creatives, I have no problem. You know, with the Ruger Spray, you know, with Chef Remo, I'm always transparent. Tracy is my acting coach. So y'all know the whole journey that Remo is getting back into acting. This is my acting coach, but nonetheless, I still want her to express her story and, and express everything to you creatives out there. So Tracy, uh-huh. definitely glad you made, we're going to get right to, we're going to get right to it. We're going okay, right to right it. To my it. first question, my first question, you right to it. <laughs> okay. What is your take on entertainment now? And as well as to the second part to that question, what do you feel technology has impacted with mm. entertainment? Wow, that's an excellent question. Um, and I'm glad to be here. So thank you for the invite. Yes. Always yes, yes. happy to share. Yes. Um, I feel like I grew up in guerrilla filmmaking. So my first film was Just Another Girl from the IRT, which we shot in like um, 89, 90. And then it came out like 92, I believe. Right. Um. So it was by any means necessary, you know, borrowing gels from different directors and we were using film at that time. Mm -hmm. The difference now is that the technology has really given an independence to creatives because you no longer have to rely on studios. You can create your own web series and then a studio comes after you, Issa Rae, and you have HBO Insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, You have platforms on YouTube where people actually come to specifically subscribe to your show in which you produce and you create. So there's a, a freedom of Instagram, TikToks, all of these platforms that give you independence in your creativity and they give you ownership over your stuff. Right. Um, And so it's forced the studios to put people in positions to scour the networks and Mm. to find you and to look to give you deals um, and distribution the things in which you need to monetize from that. So we're in a different time and you can shoot a film on your iPhone. You can literally shoot Mm -hmm. a full length featured film on your iPhone. So I feel like, man, I wish we had all of this when we were, you know, um, I was telling a DP the other day, I wanted to get this shot of 
uh, feet running up the street. And so my DP laid in the back of a car because we didn't have a dolly and he aimed the camera. We had a PA hold the door as I was driving in reverse for him to get these feet running (laughs) down the street. So, you know, we were innovative and creative in how we had to get shots and things. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, you know, you have Adobe, you have these different ways of Mm -hmm. being able to implement green screen or whatever. So you don't necessarily have to have all those budgets. Right. No, I'm I'm glad you brought the insight because I'm going to let my creatives know we, when we first started our, our, our sessions and our classes and everything, you know, we had the deep talk about, you know, how you felt about even the actors now. Right. So definitely I I would love for you to like go into that. Like, like, do you feel technology has saved actors or saved the art of acting? Or do you feel it's hindered it in the sense of where actors are skipping steps per se? Take us into that. Um, I think that there is a lack of seriousness or respect of the art because acting is one of those um, jobs where people you know, always ask you if you have a plan B, you know, and they never ask a medical student or law student if they have a plan B. So, you know, it really is a job when you're working. I come from, you know, 16, 18 hour days on shoots, um, shooting three months in a row in Chicago. So, there's a certain stamina that I was raised in this industry that I don't see and work ethic that I don't see um, today. And I think that um, to a certain extent, social media has helped in that way. Um, And people have benefited off of that. Right. Um, But I think that you always have to do your due diligence in this business And it's up to you. You have the power to create whatever it is that you choose to do, you know? And I think that if you want to compete, because now, okay, there was a time when people would say um, that you had Los Angeles, you had um, Atlanta, and you have New York, right? And these are the places in which you have that you have to be in order to be an actor. Well, today with the pandemic, um, we do self-tapes. You could be anywhere in the world and send a self-tape in. Right. So the accessibility to us now is even more um, where maybe when before the pandemic and we had live auditions, I would see maybe mm, 50, 60 actors a day, right? Um, now with self-tapes, you're getting 927 submissions per characters. And so the, and again, the accessibility, but then it becomes a vetting because not every 927 submissions are great. And that's where you start to see. So um, earlier I was saying to you in our session, if I'm seeing 927 people, how many am I going to call back? I will call back 50. You say 50. Wow. That's not even half. That's because there were only 50 people who are doing the work. There's 50 people. We're not looking for readers. When you guys come in, that's beautiful that you can read. We're looking for characters and characters have character 
Ristics. So when I, if I'm in a live audition, your energy is crazy. So you would come in and immediately I'd be like, hurry, you know, we'd be, (laughs) and then after you have any questions, you're like, no, I'm good. And then you would take, I'd say, Kareem, whenever you're ready. And then you would take a beat and morph into Mason. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look anything like Kareem. Right. Right. So I'm saying that to say, Kareem, that the, the, my experience recently, excuse me, and I just came back into casting. I cast a film, Soul Santa, in um, October that Terry Vaughn directed, Ruben Cannon executive produced, and David and Tamala Mann are the stars. And I have been away from casting for about 20 years, and to come back was disheartening because mm. I said, I always say, oh, I don't need to teach. Oh, I don't need to. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you do need to teach, son. <laughs> because people still don't know. They still don't know the, the basics. Mm. Oh, man. You know, you can't, um, you know, like for real, um, you cannot, okay? You cannot have someone read with you who, one, cannot read and disrupts your self-tape. Or they're trying to upstage you. It's your audition. And they're talking loud and just constantly cutting you off. And it's like, wait, I'm confused. Are you auditioning or the person that's <laughs> right? Like, do you feel all right? So do you in, so based off of what you just said, do you feel it's entitlement versus the eagerness to want to master the craft? Do you feel that's what, what comes to play? <sighs> when you say entitlement, do you wait? Uh, All right, are so you speaking of entitlement in the sense of okay? Like as I asked you the question before about, do you feel technology plays yeah. a part? Because you know, with technology, anybody can aim, point, and shoot. You know, right? You know, even even with me, when you know, even with me, when I took the break from acting, I went behind the, the camera. And right. did filmmaking and producing and everything, but I still went to school for it. I still went to you know, at at Manhattan Neighborhood Network. I still took the courses on right. basic production, you right. know, before I took the camera and just point, aim, and shoot. So, what I'm saying in regards with the entitlement, do you feel that with today's actors or a good vast majority of today's actors, uh, and, and of who you like? have auditions or even for that matter of the classes that you give, do you feel that sense of entitlement versus, okay, eager to want to learn of your ways and your mastery to help them improve with their craft? I mean, I'm always going to come from the place of wanting to improve from the craft, but in my experience, yes, there is a sense of entitlement and it starts with, do you know who I am? And not do you know who I am from any type of arrogance or, you know, <laughs> conceitedness. It's if you are working with me as a coach, you should read up my bio. You right. should know my experience. It's just that simple. So just this idea. And then what happens, what has happened in my experience is that because you have not done your due diligence and looking up my credits, now 
the way in which you handle me is a little disrespectful because then I, you make me feel, or you're trying to make me feel like I owe you something and boundaries are crossed. Younger generation will call text. You can't call me at seven at 9am on a Saturday. We're not friends. There are boundaries. There are boundaries and you need to respect that. So if you're not doing your due diligence by simply Googling me, then you've missed it because what you've missed are my relationships, my connections, my, my, my presence in this entertainment business. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it usually starts with me. And then it's the impatient you know, the immediate gratification. Listen, if you don't have any patience, this is not the industry for you. It's just not. And I strongly advocate it is the joy is in the journey. Right. The joy is truly because it when you know that you are going to achieve what it is that you're going to achieve, when you sit in that knowingness, there's no surprise when it happens like, Oh my God, I'm so, oh my God, there's not, it's like, no, 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 I knew, I just didn't know when or how, but yeah, yeah, I knew. Mm-hmm. And so now the work begins, right. the work really begins because now it's about maintaining that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm de- oh my God, I'm so glad you <laughs> really touched on that. Um, let's back, let's backtrack to to your beginnings, like. Take my creatives into that, if you would like, as well as, okay. you know, how you were inspired, you know, and, and even the trials and tribulations of your journey in the beginning. Like, take us into that. Um, I'm originally from San Francisco, California, and I moved here 37 years ago. I did not know anyone other than um, my two friends, Kevin and Annette, who were also from the Bay Area and had moved here a year prior. And so um, I knew that when I came here that I wanted to explore the acting career, um, explore being an actor, because I, my, in my opinion, one of my final destinations is directing on Broadway. And so I was like, well, I've lived that to a certain extent in San Francisco. Um, I did a play with Cindy Heron who eventually turned into En Vogue. And um, so I felt like I just wanted that experience. Um, But I also knew I wanted to start my own thing and I wanted a company. Um, I didn't know if it was an ensemble, a theatrical company. So the first thing I did, because I am a practical joker, I started a company called The Jokes on You in 1985 and I played practical jokes on people so my friends who were actors we would stage practical jokes like you know phony tax audits or um you know there was the quickies which were five minute jokes and then there were the custom-made jokes that were more elaborate and took more time and oh my god those were hilarious and um so I played jokes for a year and a director knew I knew a lot of actors and asked me to cast a music video. And then I fell into this casting world, casting everybody's music video from R. Kelly and public announcement to wow. Jodeci, Boys to Men, SWV. I mean, oh, everybody. And Barrio Boys. And then I 
was miserable um, because the auditions were pretty much the same. There were video girls back then. And right. so the guys were always like, walk towards us, turn around, walk back. You know, I was like, I just, <laughs> I want talent. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I got a call uh, to go to MTV and it was myself and Kevin Powell from the real world. Oh, nice. Only people of color that I saw. Wow. And, um, I worked on this show and we were looking for a comedian and I found this guy, Dave Chappelle, 19, fresh in New York. And oh, I was like, oh my God. My creator, did you hear who she just said? Yeah. You yeah. hear who she just said? We got to say that one more time. One more Dave time. Dave Chappelle and still Ooh. friends today. Wow. Um, and I begged them and they didn't get it. And then three years later, they were like, Tracy, can you get that Dave Chappelle guy? And I was like, Ram- Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He's gone, but he's still my friend. Right. And so, <laughs> um, and then I, I I was very blessed to work on a film, Leslie Harris, Just Another Girl on the IRT. And that film parlayed everything because Mayor Max had really um, stuck behind it. They had coined Leslie as the female Spike Lee Mm. Um, and you know, and I was at that point where it was like, oh, this is going to make my career. And, but I still had to keep sending out resumes. And then I went to do, um, New York Undercover, which opened up a lot of doors. And that was a great show. Um, from there, I went to Nickelodeon, VH1, um, ABC, and then just continued to work with directors on either short films. Um, I had the pleasure of working with Ang Lee on a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I transitioned when I did a film called New Jersey Drive. I auditioned Biggie and Tupac and just every app, rapper and all of them, I felt needed help transitioning mm-hmm. to film and TV. And I literally said, I want to coach rappers. And I got a call from Vinny from Naughty by Nature's manager and I met with Vinny and it snowballed. I went to Taj from SWV and then I got to Violator and um, I was working with Most Def, I mean um, Q-Tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Um, I was working with Q-Tip and then after working with Q-Tip um, I was working with um, uh, Missy and and then um, I got with this guy Buster Rhymes, and when I got with Buster, we did the Steve Harvey show, and then I, I stayed. I was with Buster for six years on everything, and then um, we were doing this film, which I love, Finding Forrester, and I was like, oh, I want some female energy. I want to work with a female artist, and. Um, got a call from Troy Carter to work with Eve and ended up being on the road with Eve for um, in between Buster and Eve, sort of shuffling in between. Wow. And then sort of getting branded as the hip-hop acting coach. So at that point, I worked right. with Nelly on his first, first film, Ludacris on Law & Order. I mean, it was just all wow. of the rappers were coming. I worked with 50 Cent on his audition for Fast and Furious. Wow. Um so um, I, I sort of live in this world. Recently, I coached Cardi B on The Hustler, and um, that was an amazing project. Even oh, though, wow, uh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, oh, wow, and I, I that went was to fun. go see that movie too. Yo, that's crazy. 
such a great film. Yes. And um, it, it, I mean, she is so incredibly talented and um, that was just a really great experience working with her and her being very comfortable in that role, which allowed space for us to create because she didn't have to learn that. She didn't have to understand that world. She came with all that. So now it's like, okay, well, how can we build on this character and make her stand out or make Mm -hmm. her whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but it it wasn't just limited to uh, musical artists, rappers. Um, I've coached, um, Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish, um, Music Soul Child, Faith Evans, um, Estelle, so many people are transitioning, Tiny, um, and then host, uh, Terrence J and Roxy Free, um, uh, Jackie Reed, and then um, athletes who are transitioning, Thomas Jones. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was Thomas's first coach. Oh wow! Yeah, he literally came to New York. Um, is that, is that he, before he went on um on uh, P Valley? Yes. Yeah, everything, everything. Okay. He had nothing. He literally was transitioning from football into acting. Wow! And he was so incredibly committed. Would come up, we would do sessions, and um, because this is before Zoom, so he right. would travel up, and we would, and the same with um. Kim, I coach Kim, and Kim would come from Detroit and wow. schedule like four hour sessions, two day, two or three days back to back, and then yeah. Wow. So now with Zoom, I coach Vanessa Simmons and Angela Simmons, um, um, Tyron, um, um, a lot of uh, people who are like in LA or all over, and then uh, recently the Salt and Pepper movie, I coached. Uh, so um Cheryl oh wow stalked her daughter Corinne to play her in the Lifetime movie um they had a scene that she did so that's really it's crazy when I have generations of you know my artists now I'm coaching mm-hmm. um I I love working with DJ Envy and his family and I've coached nice. all of his kids like nice. it's just crazy yeah nice. oh man my creatives do you oh my god wow my creatives it's very blessed i mean like (laughs) we gotta take a breather creatives (laughs) i feel um i feel very very blessed and very fortunate to have these experiences um and to connect um with these different artists and people because they are successful in their own right musically or Mm -hmm. as a host or an athlete And they kind of separate the idea of the transition, like, oh, I'm going from, you know, a football player to now an actor, but it really is one fluid movement. It makes sense Mm -hmm. for them to, you know, it makes sense for athletes to transition because the first guy I saw was Grant Hill on Living Single playing himself, and it was so uncomfortable for him. And so you can imagine the performance, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I need to help them be comfortable being themselves because Mm -hmm. they're obviously getting offered roles to be themselves in these. So um, when I jumped on this void, it was just like a snowball, you know, how they were um, casting these musical artists because they see, oh, Nelly sold 14 million records. That's 14 million movie sales. Let's Mm -hmm. get him in as, you know, let's find a role for him or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So I came in at a very good time, 
you know, to make that transition. Oh man, my career is uh, once again, I don't know this theme for season two, pivoting. I think, I don't know. Pivoting is great. That's a great word. Well, pivoting, you know, you just heard Tracy's story, how she just pivoted, you know, wanted to come to New York as an actor and said, hey, let me pivot. Let me go be behind the scenes or even for that matter, let me be the figure that that guides the future actors and entertainers. And you heard her list of names. I mean, the list of names is, is woo. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when I listed, I'm sweating. Like, (laughs) you know, when I think about it, I also work with models. I work with Tyson Bedford and Cynthia Bailey. And, um, you know, I think about comedians, um, Oh my God. I remember I got a call to work with Charlie Murphy in 97 and we just became friends, you oh, know, man. God rest his soul. Yes, so, yes, yes. Legendary. you know, there's Legendary. just so, so many people that, and then the blessing for me is to be able to work with people in the embryo stages, like a Dave Chappelle at 18, nobody knows his name. And then now to see that he or Michael K. Williams, they over exceeded what, they thought or they mm-hmm. talked about, you know, because in my classes and in my sessions, right, that is a part of the work. You gotta, you gotta see and visualize your Emmy and Oscar award winning speech. You gotta visualize mm-hmm. what this path is. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. And then let's see how we're gonna drive in that direction. So, you know, it's that's been a great experience to witness the manifestation of people's careers before anybody knew their name. Mm. Oh, man. Creatives. Woo! This episode is enriching. Let me tell you, my creatives. Tracy, nonetheless, we are going to get to the last question here. Okay. um, Shouts to J. Kevin Swain. I asked him this question, and he gave me a great answer to it, so I want to hear your answer to it. Who would you take on right now year 10 of you or your years right now who would, who would, who would i you, take on who would you take on or rather who would you if you had to choose right okay. if you had to choose year 10 of you or your current years right now who are you choosing oh I, I choose my my years right now because okay. everything that i have accomplished in my life has brought me to this place today Mm. um i am currently executive producing a show called inside the black box with and co-hosting with joe morton um if i didn't you know um pa before i was casting then i wouldn't know the different positions on the set you know if i didn't go to these meetings with buster and eve specifically um to the studios and talk with the powers to be wouldn't know how to pitch. I wouldn't be confident in sitting in the producer's stance. So all of the 24-hour video shoots, um, excuse me, um, Jodeci, all of the, you know, standing exterior Chicago freezing barbershop next to a propane heater, like, why am I here? All of that has led me to this moment here, and that's what um, I'm most proud of and okay. most relevant to me. Oh man, my creators, this episode is going to be epic. I, I, I it, it's, it's epic already. It, it's definitely <laughs> has me stammering. It is what it is, 
But nonetheless, <laughs> Tracy, we all should know where to follow you at. We should know that, period. But please let okay. my creatives know and everybody know where to follow you at. Okay. Um, all my handles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are The Spirited Actor. So that's where I am. Um, people DM me all the time. Um, and you can also reach out to me on my email, which is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, more M-O-O-R-E, casting, C-A-S-T-I-N-G, at gmail.com. So that's Tracy Moore Casting at gmail.com. Oh, oh, my creators. This was an enriching episode. Epic. Can't wait to upload it for everybody to listen to my creators as always i always look out for you this is another edition of cuts podcast you know what the cuts stand for culture urban technology and sports you know what's up (laughs) we're out of here you know what i gotta say pound that chest come on man (laughs) you know what up let's go (laughs) thank you yes 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 (laughs) 